0: And now we're invited to sit as we listen to the words of Holy Scripture for this night.
1: A reading from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the old congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take the lamb for, for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a old lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. Then the old assembly congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand and you shall eat it hurriedly it is the passover of the lord for i shall i will pass through the land of egypt that night and i will strike down every firstborn in the land of egypt both human beings and animals on all on all the gods of egypt egypt i will execute judgment i am the lord The blood shall be a sign for you in the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Psalm 116, verses 1 and 10 to 19. The refrain is the cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not a sharing of the blood of Christ? The cup blood, of blessing, blessing, which we bless. bless. Is it not a sharing of the blood of Christ? I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. I kept my faith even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my constellation, everyone is a liar. The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not a sharing of the blood of Christ? What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not a sharing of the blood of Christ? I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. The cup of blessing, blessing which we bless, which we bless. is, is it not, not a sharing of, of the blood of Christ? Christ? O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving maid. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. The The cup of of blessing blessing which we bless. Is Is it it not not a sharing of the blood of of Christ? I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, In your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. The the cup of blessing blessing which we bless, is is it not not a sharing of the blood of Christ? The The second reading is a reading from the first letter to the Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May we proclaim his holy gospel in the name of the Father, under the Son, under the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. I give you a new commandment, says the Lord. Love one another as I have loved you. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ, King King of of eternal eternal glory. glory. The Lord be with you.
1: And also also with with you. you.
2: Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John.
1: Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord.
2: Before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who hath bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you, for he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Then Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Pray to you, O Christ. Pray that I speak and you hear in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Do be seated. Our Gospel reading, chapter 13 of John's Gospel, begins with Jesus saying that he knew his hour had come. This is in contrast to earlier occasions when he made different declarations. For example, at the wedding in Cana in John 2, he told his mother, My hour has not yet come. Later, he chose not to go openly to Jerusalem, for the Feast of the Tabernacles, because his hour had not yet fully come in John 7. Then after his triumphal entrance into Jerusalem in John 12, when some Greeks came asking to see him, he said to the disciples, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And he went on to speak of his death. And so now we are here with him at that time, On the night before he died, we see him breaking bread with his disciples, washing their feet, including the feet of the one who was to betray him. But as Jesus knew, his hour had come. You will never wash my feet, Peter tells him, as he was about to get his feet washed. Unlike the beautiful feet which the prophet Isaiah describes as messengers of good news, These feet to be washed by Jesus were tired and dirty, mucky, we would say today, with Jerusalem's dust. Foot washing was a traditional part of hospitality, not only in Jesus' day, but throughout the Old Testament. Foot washing for hygiene purposes and comfort, in offering hospitality to strangers, and visitors whom we know alike, in preparation for a priest to enter into the tabernacle and the temple, in preparation for activities like having a meal, for example, foot washing is generally the responsibility of the servants. Very rarely, in cases of deep love or devotion, a host might wash the feet of his or her guest, which makes Jesus's action one of both hospitality and humility. He who, from the beginning of John's gospel, has been revealed as the word made flesh, takes on the role and the position of a servant, and kneels to wash his disciples' feet. It's too much for Peter. You will never wash my feet, he exclaims. The roles are all wrong. Jesus is his Lord, not his servant. But this humility is the form that Jesus' Lordship takes. Without imposition, without compulsion, Christ comes to us and asks us to let him serve us. How tempting it is to echo Peter. Letting Jesus get this close is probably uncomfortable. Jesus enthroned in heaven is one thing, Jesus in the Bible, that's fine too. Jesus is safe there on those pages. But kneeling before me, now that's the wrong way around. And what Jesus says to Peter, he says to all of us, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. And in washing his disciples' feet, Jesus shows that there is no place too lowly, too shameful, or intimate for him to touch and wash and love this is the hospitality of God. And having washed his disciples' feet, he tells them they must wash one another's feet. It's these actions and attitudes towards each other which are to be signs of Christ's love. And I often wonder what would happen if I asked you to wash one another's feet. And I thought this year in COVID-19 pandemic, since the priests can't wash your your feet. Maybe I should ask you in bubbles and family bubbles to wash one another's feet and see what would happen. But I thought that might be a bit too much. So maybe another time we'll do that. But Jesus' followers are to be a community shaped by hospitality and humility, where vulnerability is met with tenderness, where our brokenness, our messiness are not hidden, but we feel we could bring them to Christ for healing. The place where we seek and serve Christ in one another, and we allow him to serve us. This, Jesus says, is a blessing. Serving others blesses them, but also blesses us by drawing us to Jesus and making us partakers, sharers in his divine humility. And this is what the love of God looks like in the lives of Jesus' disciples. It's not about who's the greatest, or who's done the most work, or who has the most influence. That will bring them in the presence of God. It's none of that. It's service, it's humility, it's vulnerability, through which others will encounter the hospitality of God. Foot washing is practical and bodily, hands and kneeling. As we will see demonstrated shortly when Mother Susan stoops and uses the bowl, the jug of water, the towel, to touch and wash Fred's foot as a sign of God's love. And as we said earlier, he's representing the rest of the congregation, But as he is Mother Susan's husband, she could wash his feet. But what might this look for you? Who can you serve and draw into the hospitality of God's love? Whether you serve them by washing their feet or not. And then Jesus goes on to tell them, I've given you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. But this commandment is hardly unprecedented. We know in Matthew 22 and in Luke, in answer to the question, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The Luke version says, and with all your strength. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But what makes this commandment new? Well, the disciples are told to love one another as Jesus loved them. He's already shown them what it looks like in the washing of their feet and in the breaking of bread with them. In the verses after our reading, our reading stops at verse 35. From 36 to 38, Jesus now prepares to lay down his life for his disciples. And this is the sort of love that is to mark out his disciples. We too are his disciples, and this is the sort of love that, was mark- that would mark us out as his disciples. But as Jesus says, he's going ahead, he's going to lay down his life for them. Peter, on whose impetuousness we could always depend, rushes in, declaring his willingness to lay down his life for Jesus. But this is not what Jesus is asking of Peter or of us. All he's asking of them, he's asking of us, is that we love one another as he has loved us. It's Jesus who's going to die for Peter, not the other way around. It's Jesus who's going to die for us not the other way around. As the hour of his death arrives, Jesus is still loving his disciples, even if they betray him, even if they make promises they can't keep because of fear, cowardice, weakness. But therein lies the hope for all of us, that our betrayals, our denials and fears will not finally have the power to keep us from Jesus. But if we will trust Jesus and the love into which he invites us, then we too can, in the words of verse 36, follow him afterwards. Jesus said, where I'm going, you can't come now, but you will be able to come afterwards. And we too will be able to do that once we trust Jesus and we trust the love into which he invites us. And we are reminded in Romans 8, 38 to 39, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God